How can I have a ringing phone? Are you my mommy? Are you my mommy? Are you my Welcome to the Hoovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Jace. I'm Calisave. And tonight we're going to be diving into The Empty Child. Going back to World War II. Back with a blast. And a very British t-shirt. <laughs> and a great moment, too, when the doctor starts off with, Has anything fallen from the sky lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because everybody was thinking, Huh? Well, and then they were all laughing. <clears throat> yes. So we go back to the London Blitz, and Rose sees a child up on a roof and decides to climb a rope that's attached to a uh, Zeppelin, and then, of course, gets whisked off into space, but not time. In her defense, it was a very inviting rope. I mean, it just dropped down right in front of her, ready to go. I mean, this is a woman primed for adventure. I mean, who used to say I, I wouldn't do the same? Yeah, I and mean, it didn't look like she could really see what it was attached to either. It could have easily well, been attached to Well, but again, why are you chasing some creepy child up a building? Well, if you see a small child in the middle of, of a bombing crying out for his mom... She didn't know it was bombing yet. Yeah, but she didn't know he was creepy yet either. <laughs> All she knew is that there's a kid on a roof asking for mom. It's not that big of, I mean, to her, it's like, oh, I should probably go save him. I feel like most people would try to go out and help a child that's, like, in distress or, like, alone. Like, if you're at a Walmart and you saw, like, a child that was alone, it's just like, all right, I'm not going to leave it there. Let's help out, you know? You generally hope. But also, you know, in this day and age, I might find somebody else to Yeah, but but it's Bruce. She's been traveling with the doctor. All she does is wander around helping people. True. True that. Yeah. Um, the direction of this episode was quite fascinating because they had some interesting camera angles. I'm not talking about the one where you're up above everybody, but I'm talking about like when it went into the uh, the house and as soon as the child shows up, you get these really cool camera angles where they're tilting the lens and ma- and kind of zooming in, or it kind of makes the doctor seem like he zoomed into the camera. Really, really interesting how they did that. Is that some of that seen through the lens of the gas mask yeah. kind of thing? Is that what that, we're they did about? that too, yes. But I think this was before the gas mask actually came in. It kind of it was just kind of more of a a weird angle, a weird angle. But I think that kind of fit the mood of this kind. Of, this is definitely one of the more chilling Doctor Who episodes. Yeah, definitely dark, definitely chaotic. But yeah, past just like the chaos of it too, and air raids everything else. It is this kind of building creepiness. Yeah. Um, yeah even the music was very like horror movie kind of vibe and the whole like walking through the hospital scene and stuff also the writing I mean there were a lot of great jokes in here as well as like some great emotional connection between the doctor and uh, Nancy the doctor doesn't generally emotionally connect with people so that was <laughs> yeah exciting plus 
obviously, as we haven't mentioned yet, Captain Jack Harkness makes the scene. Yeah, but yeah. before we get there, because there's probably a lot, to, a lot to talk about there, like, Nancy, what a great character. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we first have to mention the fact that this is actually Stephen Moffat's first Doctor Who story that he wrote no for way. screen. So, that would probably be why Nancy and... Uh, and um, the Doctor Constantine are written so well, and and, and you're bringing Jack in the mix for the first time yeah. too. Yeah. I and mean, that's where see, Stephen Moffat creates in. some of the greatest characters, and he has some of the best dialogue. Yeah, I, I mean, he really shines. And I'm not trying to take away from Russell T. Davies because obviously he had Father's Day. He's got stuff to come. He's got um, the Unquiet Dead. I believe he did too. Maybe he wouldn't do that one. But he's, he's well, definitely... I mean, he, he did all the, the main ones because he was running this, so he did, like, Stolen Earth and... Yeah, he did a that. lot of... He did a lot for the show. But, I, I mean, this is, I think, just because of the writing in this particular story. Before Stephen Moffat took over and had, like, the whole shebang on his plate, he could write some whiz-bangers. And this, of course, went off to um, the Hugo Awards be, uh, because it was such a good episode. It actually was nominated for a Hugo Award. Not sure if it won. I'll look that up. Wait, just this episode or the two-parter? The two-part. Oh. Well, it's the two-part, but this is part of that. Yeah, And this yeah. is, like, the, the main focus. Right, the opener here for it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I love the concept of, you know, when everybody's down below sheltering themselves from the bombs, you know, the people at the lower end of society... Uh, come up and have their great glorious meal, you know? And yeah, and then Nancy really taking all of the orphaned like kids, like, under her wing, because there would be woes. And... What a sweet lady with a lot of courage. Yeah. Well, and also, just, like, that sort of nod to when the, those boys were like, oh, yeah, I was on the farm, but there was a man. I <laughs> and mean, then just kind of dropped it. I mean, it's like, you don't really think about that, about, you know, people abusing these children when they get sent away. If I was a child on the street, I came across Nancy, I'd be like, are you my mommy? <laughs> I want her to be my mom. Nancy was played by Florence Hoth, who I think did a phenomenal acting job in this particular episode, Yeah, too. Florence was a machine. Very strong uh, female character and, and well well developed. And what, yeah, and when she was talking about her, her brother getting killed in the bomb, that was just like really touching. Well, and she also was funny because she was also kind of <laughs> knocking the doctor for his ears and nose. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure Christopher Eccleston really loved. Well, I mean, but it's got to happen to, like, every doctor at some point. Yeah, well, well I mean... like a little kid, too, saying it lightens it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You gotta Makes you wonder little... how old she's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. I was like, 14, maybe. Uh, I was, was going to give her 16, but you know. Yeah, something in there. Mid to late I can't tell ages anymore. I don't interact with children. Yeah, it's so. funny. Like I think thinking you can tell <laughs> tell ages and kind of a general radius around you, and as you move, that radius changes too. That's from kind of my experience. I think the atmosphere of this particular episode too just kind of fit in with the whole horror genre, which is of course what they were going for. Yeah, I mean it was dark the whole time and. You know, there was other stuff going around, but mostly just that one child just kind of following everyone. And, and after this episode appeared on screen, I wonder how many kids went around the playground that day saying, are you my mommy to everybody? <laughs> if they were allowed to watch. <laughs> of course, I'm it, sure they were. This is a family program in, in England, yeah, so everybody watched watch this. Yeah, but, you know. yeah it's, it was definitely well watched. I can. I mean, the good thing is, is that if it, they were doing it in England, probably most of the people they talked to would get the reference, and then yeah. it wouldn't yeah. be that. But this episode did have some 
more adult flirtation going on, too. Oh, yeah. Right? That, thanks to Jack the Hark Man, you know, coming in. <laughs> Don't say captain. that again. <laughs> I, many, No promises. How many times did Ray say hello to Captain Jack? At least, At least three. three or four, yeah. <laughs> I know, and Jack already, you know, grabs someone's butt and <laughs> stuff right when, when he's first seen. One, one issue I did have when I first saw this was that Rose fell at the exact moment that Captain Jack actually goes and saves her, which was, I felt, kind of convenient. Very Indiana Jones-esque, in a sense. Yeah, but, but, but I could see Jack, like, being all set up and wait until she falls just so he can then catch her. Because, I mean, he's running a con at this point. He's trying true. to get, you know, her and, you know, whoever she's with to trust him and to go with him. So, I mean, what better way to get someone to trust you than to save your life, not only in general, but at the very last second. Yeah, I mean, I mean he seemed to orchestrate the thing to pull him into the time, to the time stream. We even have, like, some random soldier catching Rose a glimpse from, you know, the binocular technology in the day and age. You think, you know... Freelance time agent might have some be- better means to track the situation. He, he was the soldier who was looking yeah, at he was binoculars. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talking about binoculars, the, the doctor actually had some really cool high-tech uh, steampunk kind of binoculars that he was looking at the uh, hospital with. I thought those were kind of cool. Yeah, the precursor Alien to the sonic tech. sunglasses. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Good point. Very good point. So do we know what time agents are at this point? No, this is our first introduction to okay. them. Yeah, and I, I certainly don't remember. I've definitely seen this before, too. And, you know, Jack didn't stay with me very much, but coming into this episode, I thought he was a great character. I think it was a great way to break it up. Finally and, a professional. Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. Well, it brings some lightness into, like, a fairly dark doctor. He does, and it was a very different kind of interesting route to this episode that I think otherwise would mostly be a lot of setup for what's to come in this obvious, you know, second part to this um, first part of a, of a real true story. Yeah, yeah, and it actually it meant that when Rose was off doing her own thing while the doctor was investigating, Rose's part was actually extremely interesting, and it really was just interactions with Jack. And a lot of times when they do that sort of thing, it just feels like filler, whereas this felt actually entertaining. And But mostly it just feels bad for Mickey. Man, poor guy, huh? God, <laughs> poor Mickey. <laughs> he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> exactly. So um, I was going to talk about Dr. Constantine and, and what happened to all these characters that are in the hospital beds is that um, Dr. Constantine, of course, is played by the great Richard Wilson, so he's automatically uh, going to be great. But um, he he actually has the doctor kind of discover um, his um, what was going on with these patients. And, of course, we've learned very quickly that um, they, their chest is caved in and they have severe trauma to their head. They've got Which cut- I didn't see on the doctor when he transformed. What? He had the, he had the cut on his hand. Yeah, but like when he had the mask on, like I didn't see his head like cave in. But, no, but nobody else you could really see it. Yeah, you I was see it. it was all internal. Like the back of the head or something. I think it was yeah that More or internal. internal or something. But yeah, I mean it made sense that he kind of guided the doctor through that because I mean that's just not something that you would be able to say to someone without that person then being like I need some proof here. So you just be like here, let me give you the proof and just skip all of the questions. Understood, understood. 
Um, and poor Nancy, man. What a creepy thing to have your little brother, you know, who died in front of you, presumably, um, following you around. Yeah, uh, she definitely knew more than she was letting on. I think uh, the doctor was onto something there. And by the doctor, I mean uh, Dr. Constantine. Constantine. Also, I, like, I don't understand these characters that, like, hide information. Why wouldn't she just tell everything she knew? Like, there's... Well, she's a kid and she's scared, and also we don't know what she knows. Maybe there's a good reason. Maybe she feels responsible, you know, too. That's why, you know, she's keeping some of it. I mean, yeah, she, she definitely, like, knew that that was Jamie and chose to not tell the doctor. Yeah, there's clearly oh. an epidemic that she is not trying to solve. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, that, that, that is a Sorry, point, though, that she might really. also feel responsible for because it is her little brother and she doesn't want people to think that, you know blame her for what's happening or something. Family issues. The doctor himself actually picks up on that, though, that she's got, she has had a loss, and he's asking her about it. So he's not entirely out of the picture either. Right. Yeah, he has that moment with her where he recognizes the level of, of kindness that somebody does after a loss, and then also with Dr. Constantine, who points out that, you know, oh, I was a father and a grandfather, and now neither, but I'm still a doctor. The doctor's like, yo, me too. <laughs> but, she's, but he's not actually a doctor. Well, he is, probably. He's a doctor And, and also, to be fair, he might still have a granddaughter, because she really was on Earth in the future, so. This is true. This is true. It's never really... <laughs> and, you know, there's other, you know, touts at potential lineages too. What's well, a daughter? You know, it's been, oh yeah. Uh, what other life might spring spring from that? Especially when you can travel through time. Yeah, good point. Is there anything, Jace, that we haven't brought up yet? Um, I think we hit everything that was really important. It is like the first part of like a two parter, so it's a lot of just getting to know the characters. And I do feel like Nancy was absolutely amazing. And that Rose actually had some depth to her character when she was on her little side quest, which was kind of new, but also makes the episode a lot more interesting. Nothing that you guys haven't already said. It's just, like, the basic feel of it. I feel like we'll have a lot more commentary on that. I like that part. point a lot more. It's like Rose had a much more interesting adventure than the Doctor did. Because normally it's, it's the like, opposite. the whole, like, damsel in distress kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, baby's put into but... a corner, you know, yeah. in some alien, like, lounge room or something. But Yeah, now she matters, so that's new. Yeah, she's <laughs> doing it. It was more of the other dude that was the interesting part of her story still. Yeah. Yeah, but she, she forged it, but, you yeah. know, even still, you know, if you're just taking the story through her lens, you know, she, she won if you're doing her versus the Doctor. Well, well, she becomes the Doctor in a sense because she's the one that goes in and infiltrates as a time agent, and she's the one that just kind of plays along with the whole thing like the Doctor would normally do himself, which is why... She's kind of become more of the quintessential kind of companion at this point in in her timeline, so to speak. Um, and also the, the most interesting, or some of the most interesting things that we saw with Jack was his interaction with her. Absolutely. Well, because that's the only thing you did. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that, <laughs> you know, you can't take her out of the equation given that. No, no, I know. I just mean, like, like... Introducing yeah. that new character was the interesting part. It's not like she herself. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, I think we should get to the rating of this episode. We'll start with Colin. Are you authorized to negotiate ratings? <laughs> Funny. I, I will start us off here. This was a good episode. Let's be real. We saw some really good creepiness. Like, almost a horror-esque kind of a thing. 
I mean, even, you know, Nazi Germany, you know, you'd think would be enough to bring about um, some horror to England. But, um, but yeah, this was a good story. I love the introduction of really strong characters, both Nancy and Jack. Um, you know, that being said, I'm, I'm longing for more. This clearly wasn't all wrapped up. I think if we were um, rating two parts at once, I may come out with something different here. But for me, just one on its face, I'm really, it leaves me excited for what is next. Um, we had a good cliffhanger here, which we didn't have the uh, time to bring up, and everybody clouding in, you know, and asking who who's the mummy, and other people um, presumably uh, about to become similar zombies themselves, but um, I'm hooked for more, but on itself, standalone episode, it's not a huge winner, but I enjoyed it. It's going to be a 7 out of 10 for me. Okay. Kelsey? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of what Colin said I agree with. It, it was an interesting episode. I didn't feel like I was, like, looking at my watch or anything. Um... I was kind of surprised at where it cut off, like, looking back, duh, of course, that's how they're going to end that episode, but it does make me excited to watch the next episode. Um, I, like, thought the characters were great, it was entertaining, it was a good mixture of, like, suspense and then, like, comedy and just entertaining all around. I like the new characters they introduced, and, yeah, I mean, I, I can't exactly figure out the endings either so there's still a little bit of mystery which is good and so it's hard to rate like because it is only the first part so I guess I'm, I will agree with Colin and give it a seven. Jace? Oh hello um like they like these two said like it's only the first part in like a two-part um episode so it's hard to like give it a really in-depth um good rating given we don't know what is left to like see but overall I think it did a really good job at like introducing the characters and the plot line it gave everyone like a very somewhat equal amount of depth rather than like some kind of like side little adventure that doesn't really matter that involves Rose just getting lost or getting in trouble like she's actually a very important part in finding out what is wrong because she met someone who is relevant because he fancied her and that worked to her advantage. <laughs> um, but I think it did a really good job at like developing all of that. And it got me really interested in the second part. And for that reason, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. All right. Um, a lot of this has been said, but I really love this. I thought that the writing was excellent. The direction, the acting, the characters were all really great. I think that it was awesome how there was a lot of... Uh, it's not what it appears type of thing going on here with, you know, Nancy who, you know, obviously knows more than she's talking about. Then suddenly you see her stealing stuff and you're like, ah, oh, and then it turns out she's actually helping, you know, starving children. And you've got, you know, these people in the gas masks, obviously you're not quite sure what's going on. You find out they're actually in some sort of weird play going on. You have Jack, who you think is this time agent, and you kind of follow his story, and then it turns out he's actually a con artist. So there's a lot of um, exciting things, and also as what was said before is it kind of leaves it open, like, what's going to happen next? And I thought this was very exciting. It was, you know, creepy. It was funny. It was enthralling the whole time. And uh, I know it was just the first part, but I'm going to give it a 10. This, I think, was the quintessential setup for what 
two-parters were about. You you had this wonderful beginning episode that that kind of brings you into this world and this this whole the, all the characters and and you just get to the and you get to this cliffhanger which is which in this case was a really good cliffhanger and then you've got to wait a whole week before you go in and find out what happens next and that's kind of exactly what the classic Doctor Who was all about. You actually went through more than usually two episodes. Um, and, uh, it just, it just kind of kept that going, just that serial effect. And in this case, there's almost very little that I can say negative about The Empty Child, because it was the, in my opinion, it was one of the most perfect setups for what was to come next. And, um, you're, I mean, everything that you all said so far, I totally agree with and totally valid. And I think, um... That's why I'm going to have to give this one a 10 out of 10. Hey, yo. All right. Well, that's a strong rating. Well, well thanks like for tuning in, y'all. Well, I feel like coming next, too, so maybe your rating's slightly biased. Could be. That's why mm. we have you here to balance us. Yeah. I'll definitely take it into some of the future, but, you know, the whole t- podcast is a little timey-wimey to begin with. Well, I'm also going based on just this episode. I'm not going based on... Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to go based on this one. Obviously, it had some subconscious influence as well, but... Yeah, well, if you know... Yeah, well, the next episode... Do you guys want to know? Do you guys want to know what we really think about both of them? Tune in next week. We'll be back here around the same time, prime time. So tune in, get ready, and... Uh, yeah. e- email us at thehoovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Like, share, tell all of your friends and family. We'll be here for the long haul. (laughs) Bye. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.